This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Hi, friends. Hi, everybody. It's another week in the momtourage world. That's right. If you hear my daughter in the background, it's because she is once again sick and not at camp. So my apologies to everyone. Always sick, always spreading germs. But anyway, we have got a great show for you guys today. This week, we're recapping our Go RVing trip. Did we take Matt's advice? Did we? Did we out Eagle Scout Matt? Anything is possible, but probably not. And then we are doing a all things TV slash entertainment recap. We try to watch as much stuff so that you don't have to make the mistakes we do. As always, we have our hashtag swag bag. And up next, the highs and the lows. So I'm going to start with my lows because it really is quite the low for me. I took Sebastian to his five-year checkup and very healthy, in good shape, thank God, all is well. However, the doctor is concerned about his speech impediment. Oh my God, I want it never to go away. It's the best thing ever. I know, I'm really sad. She wants him to go to a speech therapist. Obviously, I want to do what's best for him, but I love the way he speaks. Matt gets very nostalgic. On our Amazon Alexa in our bedroom, we have pictures from this date. It's always little pictures of Sebastian when he was a baby and Matt will be like, look, I miss him. And for the most part, I love that Sebastian's growing up and I'm getting to know his personality and I just love who he is. This one makes me really sad because I love his little voice. It is so cute. Also, sometimes I'm just like, how many more things do we have to add to our plate of lessons so that our kids don't die in the water, our kids speak well, and then our kids are socialized? It's like, add another thing to the list of things between the doctor's appointments for them. It's crazy. I know, it's too much. This one's making me sad. Did they mention any specific part of the speech impediment? Because all of it's good. No, she didn't. I should preface this with saying I really love my pediatrician. She did say that bullying usually starts soon because of it. And that's a reason to also get it taken care of. Look, I don't want to make my kid's life any more difficult. Right. Life in 2022 is hard enough. I guess what a 30 and a 40-year-old woman like is not necessarily what's cool in kindergarten. I know. <laughs> I was just talking about Luna's today because she says, this is alicious. I was like, yeah, it is. I just want to use alicious forever. I think it's that he doesn't really say his R's. Some words like hospital is hard for him. He says like... Hospital. I couldn't even tell you. Or like hand sanitizer. He calls it hanitizer. I remember calling mayonnaise hamonese as a little kid because it combined Hellman's and mayonnaise. I mean, that's cute. Luna says 
X-ray. So cute. X-er-ray. She also calls it Hanitizer. It makes perfect sense, Hanitizer. It should be called Hanitizer. Let's just do that. We just refer to it in this house as Hanitizer anyway. Guys, I just want to say that I'm a little confused by Ashley's highs because it says I almost hit a guy with a bike. Yeah. Which feels like that would not be a high, but more of a low. I mean, I guess the almost part makes it a high. It's a very interesting story. So it was on the luckiest day of the year, August 8th, if you're on TikTok, everyone was telling you what a lucky day of the year it was. Is that the day we were manifesting? Yeah, one of zillions. At this point, we just need to be manifesting every day. I feel like we are. Anyway, I drive into the city. Sebastian is in the car with me to go meet my oldest friend for brunch. I've known her since pre-K. Her mom was my kindergarten teacher. Literally the oldest friend. And I haven't seen her in 10 years or something. So I'm driving in and I'm on Hudson. I'm about to turn left and the light turns green and I go and a guy on a bike also goes and he goes perpendicular to me and I almost hit him. I have some road rage issues to be completely honest. I start flailing my arms around being like it was a green light. That's why when we went to go RV it was already parked because Ashley has road rage. Yes exactly. So he's screaming at me so I kind of pull over to the side and roll down my window which in a normal world I would never do but for some reason I was very drawn to pull over and roll down my window. And I say to the guy, it was a green light. I had the right away. And he goes, that doesn't mean you go right away. And I said, okay, even though in my mind, it's like, it does. Green means I have the right away and it means you do not. But I wasn't going to argue further. And I said, I'm really sorry. The last thing I wanted to do today was hit somebody on a bike. He goes, well, I don't want to get hit by a bike. I just want to get somewhere safely. I said, listen, I totally understand. Look, I'm sorry. I hope you're okay. And he keeps trying to scream at me. And I said, listen, we all good? And he goes, we all good. And I go, great. I hope you have a good day. He goes, you too. Love is love. I said, love is love. And he goes on his way. And I was just like, perhaps today is the luckiest day. Like, I would never handle an altercation like that. Ever, ever, ever. I would never. I, a vicious lady, I don't back down. I do not like backing down, Carrie. You know this. You've seen when I really feel like my back is up against a wall. I do not back down. I just couldn't let it go. I felt really bad. I was really drawn to this guy. And like, this happens all the time driving in the city. But for some reason. Something compelled you. Yeah, something really compelled me. And I think it was, I needed a reminder at that moment that love is love. Yeah, not everyone's out there to fight. Not everyone's out there to make life a living hell. It's hard to not get caught up in the news and not feel like the world is really scary and we're so divided and everybody just wants to fight one another. But this man and I made our peace. That being said, let me advise you, probably don't do this. This story almost never pans out this way, which is why I'm telling it. I think I sent you a TikTok recently. You know that trend on TikTok, five things as a whatever I would never do? Yes. One of them was like a criminal prosecutor and she was like, never get angry on the road. No, it's not worth it. People have guns. People get crazy. I have seen crazy things happen when people get into road rage incidents. But I think because I was so compelled to make peace, I just had to. Anyway, don't do it. 
and I probably will never do it again. But I'm really glad it turned out the way it did. And I'm really glad that me and this man could just have this altercation, work it out, and just go on our ways and live peaceful lives. So that was really a high. I wish I could fully explain why it was a high for me, but it really was. I get it. What's yours, friend? So my lows are not all paint by numbers are created equal. (laughs) So as you know, dear listeners, I have been on a paint by number kick. My first paint by number was the illustrious Danny DeVito, which you still need to send me a picture of him in the frame. Oh yes, he is now hanging over my toilet. He was so joyful to do that I might just do another one of him because I feel like there's many people that could enjoy a good Danny DeVito. Something about the spacing of the way the colors were, how big the blocks were. It was a challenging yet calming presence. Plus it was Danny DeVito. It's true. It was also really good because it really looked like him. And it's not only just Danny DeVito, it's Danny DeVito as Frank from Always Sunny as the artist. The artist where he's just walking around in the white Andy Warhol wig going, it's derivative. But it's like a very good rendering. It's so good. Having gone down this paint by number path, I have done one for my mother. I'm doing one right now. I had to stop doing one because it was so annoying. I have found that the color ways affect me. The big or small quality of the space. And then not all acrylic paint is created equal. And some, you get the kit and it's already dried out. And that is very annoying. And so I don't really think that there's any way to know if it's going to be bad. You just have to order it and get it and see, which is why I don't spend too much money on it. Just like life. Just like life. That's my low. And my other low, because I have two, is I have a bizarre, specific vintage addiction at the moment. And it is a twofold thing. One is- This doesn't seem at the moment. This has been long standing. No, I know. But I go in and out of specific things that I'm looking for. Right now, it's interesting vintage ashtrays. I love that. For a while, I was into that idea, and then I just never bought them. I'm still into trying to find a mad money charm for us. A mad money charm? Remember, it's a mad money basket, and you fold up money in it. Oh, for your necklace. Yes. I thought you were talking about that guy on MSNBC or CNBC, whatever the money one is. Jim Cramer. It's mad money! (laughs) I have some specific things. Currently, it's beautiful, vintage, and kitschy ashtrays. I accidentally bought three dog ones. I meant to only buy one. So I've got one for Ashley. I ended up getting two dog ones for me. I meant to only get one. And then I got an ashtray for my friend Cassandra that's like a beautiful gold leaf boomerang mid-century modern. Oh, Mm -hmm. that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Get it. My highs are, we did the podcast with the Circling the Drain ladies, and it was so fun. We want to work with them again in a million different ways. They were great. They really empowered me to take a different approach on this perimenopausal journey. And I advocated for myself in a different way, and I got on birth control, which if you listen to the episode, is not a full fix, but it's kind of like a Band-Aid until I figure out exactly what I want to do with hormone replacement therapy. And already, I notice a difference. It's not fixed. It's definitely not fixed. There's more to my hormonal stuff than just estrogen birth control based pill is going to do. But I now wear sweatshirts sometimes, which I haven't worn a sweatshirt in gosh knows how long in the summer. Just little things. My mood's a little bit better. I'm on low, low estra, which is the one they recommend. When I back in the day was on birth control, that's what it was. Well, I'm on the generic version because my insurance doesn't cover low, low estra. But so far, so good. But this way, I'm not quite as angry and crazy and miserable as we try to fix the other pieces. Because I also have like a testosterone issue, a cortisol issue, and a thyroid issue happening. So obviously, 
obviously the low, low estra isn't fixing everything, but I was feeling so overwhelmed and horrible that I couldn't fix any of it. Yeah. I'm so thankful to the ladies at Circling the Drain for giving me that idea. I didn't know about it. My doctor hadn't told me about it. So I feel like... Now I can tackle some of the other stuff. I was just feeling so horrible that I just couldn't do anything at all. So I'm just so thankful that we talked to those ladies. They gave me different ideas of what to do. They encouraged me to empower myself in a different kind of way. Any of you that are going through the same thing, listen to their podcast. It's a wealth of knowledge. The fact that in 2022 is the first time in my life I've really heard some of the things that they were talking about with menopause just goes to show that there aren't enough people talking about women's issues. And I'm not just talking about equality. I'm not talking about pink tax. I'm talking about the day-to-day things. Women ourselves, we're not talking enough about it. And I've been doing research on it and I didn't even know it. Yes. I mean, think about postpartum depression. I know. The concept of postpartum depression only really became a mainstream thing, I feel like, when Brooke Shields talked about it on the Today Show. All these women's issues, why are they such a secret? Because they're women's issues, that's why. I know, but even when you want to talk to a friend about your intimate life with your husband or a boyfriend. Also, menopause is the end of the conversation. Perimenopause is the real conversation. Right. There's so much stuff we are not talking about, even amongst ourselves. It's scary to me. So I'm just shouting out the ladies of Circling the Drain. If you are going through it, if you know someone that's going through it, your mother, your cousin, your aunt, your uncle, it's really a wealth of knowledge. And this is coming from a girl that has done a lot of research, a woman who has done a lot of research of a certain age. So that's my highs. Thanks. And I feel a little bit better already. All right. Should we catch up on our Go RVing Let's do it. Well, we did it, guys. We had our girls weekend away at my parents' RV. And we lived to tell about it. We lived to tell the tale. If you don't already follow us on social media, head to our Instagram or TikTok at Momtourage Podcast, and you can watch a little video we made that I think is really, really cute and recaps what a great time we have. It's a nice little highlight reel. We wanted to tell you over here on the podcast exactly how it went. We wanted to do the longer version of the highlight. Because, you know, you can only show people's so much in under two minutes. And also, honestly, we were having so much fun that we had to remind ourselves to record. Yes. We could have recorded on and on, but we were just living in the moment, having truly the best time. Should we tell them all the things that we did? Let's do it. You're a Virgo, so you have the list. I do. We watch trashy TV, like Housewives, which we love to death. We painted. We painted. We had delicious meals. We set a fireplace. The RV had everything. It had a microwave and a stove and a sink and all of that stuff, but we really wanted to embrace the outdoors and cook over a fireplace. We had steak and mac and cheese and coffee and s'mores. And cocktails. Of course, and cocktails. Thanks, RV refrigerator. Yeah. We took a walk in the Fern Gully area. We collected ferns. We looked at moss. Carrie brought some ferns home with her, but what I really enjoyed the most was just sitting and chatting when it cooled off and we could just sit there and have our sweaters on. And the RV had that nice shade so it wasn't always so bright. Yep. And we had speakers like built into the side of it. We got some work done too. Yes. But it was truly wonderful being away from our kids. And honestly, we knew it would be. (laughs) It was so (laughs) nice to just have this really lovely little break, a little respite from mommy, 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 mommy. You all know how it is. It's so annoying. Well, it's nonstop. It just makes it hard to 
function or have any fun. So here's a funny thing. We had interviewed Matt, Ashley's husband, who is Mr. Eagle Scout extraordinaire. His dad is a scout leader. Scout leader, but also is in the military. We have all of these skills. So we learned how to start a fire. And I tried at first to do it like the naked and afraid way. I was like, I've seen this on television. I'm going to do it. Reality check. We eventually used a Duralog. We just did the thing. But Matt did teach us how to contain it and what to do when we're done with it, which was really great. I think I need to practice a little more on my primal survival skills. Thanks to the RV Wi-Fi, I got to text my dad and say, hey, where do you keep the Duralogs? We're tired of trying to make this fire. (laughs) We also learned how to identify poison ivy and other itchies. And when I say identify, I mean the leaves of three, but I'm still not really sure what qualifies. I just stayed away from all brush. Unless I knew what it was. Unless it was a fern. Fern or moss or like a stick. I just stayed away from it. I like how we have rhymes for everything, like liquor before beer, you're in the clear, leaves of three, stay away from me. Bugs. Ashley does not like spiders, so I had to de-spider the outside eating area. The RV was fine, but the pit where we were keeping stuff for a fire had lots of spiders. Remember that little lizard that was so cute? They were salamanders. They were these bright, teeny tiny salamanders. So cute. We learned how to keep animals away, and let me tell you, that's pretty easy to do when you just don't leave trash outside. Also, the biggest animals we kept away were our children by not inviting them. (laughs) Truly the wildest of wild animals. He taught us campsite basics, which was putting food away. Be careful for where the flames go, how to put out the fire correctly. How to leave everything nicer than you found it. The one thing I've taken away from these Eagle Scouts that surround me is that you have to leave everything better than you found it, which makes sense. We also learned a little bit how to orient yourself on a hike. We didn't have to use that one, thank goodness, because we were not adventuring. No. Once the trail was like obstructed, we said, I think we've gone far enough. I think we're good. I think we're too far from our cocktail and bathroom situations. As a lady who had a baby and has some pelvic floor issues, I need to be close to that bathroom. (laughs) Thank you, RV. The most important is how to stay calm in an emergency when something goes wrong. And that emergency for Ashley was the spiders. The spiders. Had we really had an emergency? I still don't know that I would have faced that one. That's years of therapy. That's not just being told, stay calm. (laughs) My mom, as a ER nurse and my dad as a Hush's negotiator, I'm very good in emergencies, so you should always keep me around. I'm like, cool, calm. I get more stressed out by a bad haircut than I do by natural emergencies. What was your absolute favorite part, Care? It's two. One is getting up early in the morning, having made the coffee in the RV, and just sitting outside in nature when it was just that morning dew, and it was just so peaceful, and you could hear the birds. We even recorded some bird sounds and stuff. I felt that moment where you're just like, wow, I'm so small in this larger thing that kind of like peels your heart right open. That and having cocktails in the RV watching trash television with you. Just in silence. Just our laughter. My all-time favorite part was the stargazing. There's something very peaceful about being outside in the woods, looking up at the sky and just what you said, that moment of feeling like, oh my God, I'm so small (laughs) in this gigantic world, universe, multiple universes that exist around us. I love pulling out my seventh grade astronomy knowledge. Yeah. I have the app, but sometimes when you're in the wilderness, the app doesn't work. But luckily we were by the RV, which had Wi-Fi, so I could look up my stargazing stuff and we could say, oh, that's the Little Dipper. Oh, that's the big, oh, that's Orion's belt. It was just really nice. I think my favorite thing about being there without our kids is that we could really have the time to enjoy something.
something uninterrupted. It didn't matter what it was. We were painting and I was terrible at painting. Even just chit-chatting, even getting work done, just having that moment to ourselves where we just didn't have someone bothering you about every little tiny thing. I can't stress enough how much every parent just needs to take some time without their children. It's also so funny because if you listen to my voice on the video, you can tell I'm calm. Most people think that this is my real voice, but when I'm very relaxed, it's like, hi, I loved going RVing. So you can always tell when I'm super relaxed because I get like deep, sexy voice. I love RVs. I made a big transformation, Ash. Did you? Are you officially a camper now? Yeah, I only want to camp in an RV. I know. It feels like glamping. I'm not here for laying on the floor in a tent. I'm close to being able to qualify for my AARP card. (laughs) So I believe that that means no more camping on a dirt ground. I needed my coffee right away in the morning from my French press. I needed to have a bathroom. I needed the fan because of perimenopause. I need an AC and fan at this point, to be honest with you. I do like to do the naturey things. I do like to take the walks and do the moss and all that other kind of stuff. It's very comfortable. We really equate camping with discomfort. Maybe not everybody, but at least you and I do. Oh my gosh, yes. So the ability to actually be comfortable, not sleep on the ground, take a hot shower. You know how I feel about sleeping on the ground. One, too old for it. I'm going to need $175 million worth of chiropractic work after it. And bugs. Me and bugs, not great. I have had the longest fear of bugs just crawling into ear holes and nose holes. I slept on the floor of a cave in India. I've seen some things. I've seen some bugs. I don't know how you did that, by the way. I've blocked most of it out, honestly. Our neighbor across the street had an RV and we used to play in it, but it was like the kind of RV that you hitch to a car that has like the pop-up thing. So we would play in it and it was just so small and hot and no air conditioning and you had to open up the windows and it just didn't have all of the amenities. So that was what was in my mind, but that's like a 1980s version of probably not the fanciest RV at the time anyway. And then during the pandemic, Lee and I were getting into thinking about even buying an RV because they've come so far. You can do your own finishes inside and make it super fancy. And when we went to your parents' RV, I was thoroughly impressed. Wi-Fi, air conditioning. Wi-Fi is really the most essential thing in the world. I could FaceTime with Luna. We left our kids behind. That makes all the difference. I mean, I like being inaccessible to my child, just not that inaccessible. I need to hear if there's an emergency or something. Just in general, you and I have seen too many TikToks to know what can go wrong. So we need to be able to contact the outside world. 100%. And with an RV, you don't have to worry about pets. With a hotel, if you want to bring your pet, you have to find a hotel that's pet friendly. I have snuck a pet into a not pet friendly hotel and shenanigans have ensued. The animal got out. It was just terrible. It's the worst. I feel like if you're traveling with kids, it's literally the most comfortable way to travel. We're going to be going away. And then you have to think about things like, do I need to bring the car seat, which is the worst thing in the world to lug around. You can only bring this many toys. It's just so much easier to have that all with you wherever you go. I remember taking vacations with Lee when Luna was really, really little. And the amount of special formula bottle backpacks I had and trying to find a hotel that had a kitchenette so that I could cook for her because she wasn't eating real food. Lugging around diapers. 
Yes. Just so much stuff when you're traveling with a kid. My favorite part of RVing is sleeping in shelter. I remember my first camping trip was with Zach, and this is how he and I became friends. He told me he was going on this big trip up the Pacific Coast Highway, and they were going to stop in Big Sur. And I was not a camper by any means, but I stopped him and was like, hey, do you mind if I come? Which is so not a thing I would ever do. I was going to say, that's not you. Not at all. But I liked Zach. And I was like, oh, he's fun. I enjoy his company. We went. I borrowed somebody's one-person tent, which if you've ever seen a one-person tent, they're like three feet off the ground and literally just sleep one person. The second night, we did not put our garbage away properly. I didn't sleep a wink because I kept hearing creatures outside of my tent and they would touch my tent. And I slept with my pocket knife in one hand and my car keys in the other hand. And the whole night I was devising this plan. I was like, if this gets really bad, if they try and get in my tent, whatever this is, I will hit the alarm on my car to make them go away. And then I'll run into the car really quickly. And I just didn't sleep at all. Once it became daylight outside, I packed up everything, got in the car and just left. Didn't say anything to anyone, just left because I was so scared. I'm pretty sure it was raccoons, but I didn't know. I didn't know what kind of animals there were. I was completely outside of my comfort zone. When Lee and I first started dating, we went to a camping wedding and I got tired first and I didn't trust any of the people at this wedding. And so Lee and I went to bed first and I was starting to clean up everybody's food and they were like, we're still eating it. I'm like, take it out of your mouth. I don't trust you. Like, there's bears. And everyone was like, chill out. I'm like, no, I don't trust you. I'm packing everything up. The quintessential gold lady thing, which is what I would do. I still don't trust those people. I know. Look, being in an RV, you definitely still want to adopt Matt's Eagle Scout thing of leave it better than you found it, but there's less pressure because if a bear comes around, you're okay. You're in an RV. Not that we promote that, but you'd be okay. Sleeping not on the floor and being able to get out of nature and take a shower and do a tick check easily. The tick check, yes. Is probably my number one thing because I will do some bear gorilla style stuff, but then I want a nice shower. I agree, completely. And a cup of coffee. And then I'll go do some crazy wilderness thing. Then I'm going to go have a cup of coffee and use my facial toner. One of the things that came to mind while we were on the trip was RVs would be really good for a lot of different things. You and I toyed with like, oh, we could do a family vacation, which, yeah, that sounds nice. I would love that. I think it's a nice way to teach your kids about the outdoors. But really what I'm most excited about is if there's ever a momtourage tour, I think we should work with Go RVing again. It'll be very hacks season two. So hacks. That would just be the most fun. There's that place in Sandy Hook, New Jersey, where you can bring your RV to the National Park at Sandy Hook and beach camp. I didn't know there was one so close. I knew of Assateague and Chincoteague, which are the funniest names in the world. But I've always wanted to do beach camping. Ooh, there's that one place in Maryland, the island where the wild horses run. Yes. Oh, gorgeous. Opening your window, hearing the breeze. You might become a beach person if you could get the sand off your bits and go inside and watch Real Housewives when it gets too hot. Although I am not a beach person. Beach camp camping does very much appeal to me. I like the beach at night. We could turn you. This is the way to turn me into a beach person. Also, I have an uncle who is a diehard Jets fan, season ticket holder, goes to every game, has said no to family events because he has to go to a Jets game. And I feel like the RV would be the best thing to take tailgating. He has this group of friends. They all go to every game. They tailgate every game. Doesn't that sound like the best, easiest way? Because the worst thing about tailgating is he would take his pickup truck. He would pull out his flat top cooker, you know, like a Benihana type thing, and make all his steaks and all the different food and stuff. This, it's just like in there. And 
there are even RVs that have these cooking features outside. Well, and the other thing is when you go to those games, the traffic to get out, you'd be like, it's fine. I'll just wait until everyone's gone. I'll take a nap. It's fine. Let me just watch a couple shows. I also think it would be really fun for like touring around the country and seeing national parks, just touring around the country in general. Going to national parks would be so much fun, which is something I've enjoyed on the West Coast. The East Coast, I feel like they're all kind of the same. Is that bad to say? I don't know. I haven't been to that many. I've been to like Joshua Tree and Big Sur. Those are all national parks. I've been to ones in the middle like Zion and Arches and stuff. We can't really speak to this, but the more kids you have, the more expensive everything is. Flying or a hotel or food or whatever. So really RVing is one of the best ways if you have a lot of kids to do vacations because you can have some of your own food. You can choose when you want to eat out. There is a space for everybody. You don't have to get multiple hotel rooms. You don't have to worry about flying all your kids everywhere. My cousins, there's two grown-ups and four, which isn't really, I guess, that much, but it's a lot to you and I. They used to do road trips everywhere, and they didn't even have an RV. That's got to be the most uncomfortable thing in the world. And it was the 80s, so they had like three kids in the way back, which definitely had no seatbelt, and their faces were pressed against the glass. Matt's dad tells a story about them having a station wagon, and the kids having sleeping bags in the back on their trips to see my mother-in-law's family, and them just sleeping in the back in their sleeping bags in the trunk area. Definitely no air conditioning. Yeah. But can you think about just like how good that would be for large families? The absolute best. I mean, I'm shocked. But I have to say, I can't recommend going RV more. I know. It was an eye-opening experience for me. I feel like it was eye-opening for you. And we both just really enjoyed ourselves. It made for a very economical, enjoyable time away where we still had all the comforts of like housewives, a bottle of wine, yummy food, crafting. But we were away from it all and we were in the middle of nature. So we can't recommend RVing enough. We plan on doing it again. We're very excited and maybe we'll bring the rest of our family with us. We'll see. For more information on RVing or for a dealer and the RV that's right for you, visit GoRVing.com. Go on a real vacation. Entertainment Roundup. Let's do it. I'm going to start with my number one choice for everything in the past few years. You've already talked about it. I've already talked about it, but The Bear on FX and therefore Hulu. So good. I gotta make that pasta. There's a guy on TikTok who's doing all the recipes from The Bear. I'll send it to you. I'll find you the recipe. But he does the family style pasta from the last episode. In my dream of dreams, that guy and Stanley Tucci would have a cook-off. The actor? Yeah. We talked about this. The swagger is what does it. You know the people that do celebrities in different fonts? Yes. He's Gene Wilder. Yes, I know. A T. It's crazy. You know who's not attractive to me? It's Gene Wilder. No, I look like Gene Wilder and so does my dad. So that's like a weird thing. (laughs) All right. What's your first one? Keep Breathing on Netflix. This was an accidental thing. I'm not going to say it's good, but I liked it. This young girl misses her commercial flight and begs these guys in like a small personal aircraft to take her somewhere. And it ends up crashing in the middle of the wilderness. Oh, okay. That went better than I thought it was going to go. She's the only survivor. And it's about her trying to get off the island and also flashbacks. I love a good lost meets naked and afraid kind of situation. I didn't need to focus on it completely, which is where my brain is at these days. It was compelling. It was interesting. I could do something else while I was watching it. Keep breathing on Netflix. Next up, 
F-Boy Island. Lee and I started it. Somebody who was one of the EPs on Bachelor left to do F-Boy Island. So it has a lot, a lot, a lot of characteristics of The Bachelor. But it's done more interestingly in The Bachelor where they do the men's tell-all after the season. You know, that weird period in between the overnight dates and the finale. This is, it happens in the season where all the guys come back and say what they need to say about the two guys to the woman's face before she makes the choice. Decisions like that are made. There's three women, three like hot chicks. Then there's a bunch of guys. Half the guys are self-proclaimed nice guys and half the guys are self-proclaimed F-boys. The girls do not know who is what. Throughout the show, the guys, they are like forced to tell them. And really what it comes down to is at the end, each woman has two guys they need to choose between. If they choose a guy knowing that he's a nice guy, she gets $100,000 to split with the guy. If she picks a guy that she knows to be an F-boy, he gets $100,000 and then gets to choose whether he splits that with her or not. So every time I explain this to people, people are like, well, can the guy change his ways? 100%. And that is the battle that the girl has to toy with is she needs to figure out if she wants to pick an F-boy, she needs to figure out, is he really changing his ways or is he going for the money? Right. I don't think I've ever wanted to be a contestant on a show so badly. I have (laughs) no interest in dating any of these guys. In fact, I don't know how far you are. Casey, I just find him very attractive. I love Casey. I now follow him on Instagram and TikTok. I think he is so hot. I can't remember which one Casey is. You're in season one? Yeah. He's one of CJ's guys. Got it. He has very matte look to him. I love this guy. I just want to go on to see if I could really discern between the two. And also, I always like nice guys. Yeah, I've liked a couple of F-boys in my life. But for the most part, I'm very much attracted to nice guys. So I'd like to test myself. I primarily only like F-boys. Of course you like the F-boy. I'd be like, Daddy Issues Island. And I'm like, treat me nice, Island. Severance. It's a mixed bag. I don't like it until the last episode. I found most of every bit of it along the way so hard to watch. I kept stopping and starting. It was just so hard to watch, except for the last episode. What was hard for you to watch about it? Because I thought it was great. It's just because you don't like Adam Scott. His face is terrible. And also just the pace of it is normally something that without a kid, I would love. It is odd. Because it's got a Lynchian kind of pace. But now that I am lowest common denominator brain, it was hard at night when I'm already tired. Yeah. Okay. I get it. But you're still suggesting people watch it? Correct. The rehearsal. Do you know what the rehearsal is? No. Do you know Nathan for you? No. Okay. There's a guy. His name is Nathan Fielder. He used to have a show on Comedy Central called Nathan for You. There was a thing years ago. Do you remember the whole dumb Starbucks thing? Yes. Okay, he was behind dumb Starbucks. So basically, Nathan for you was he would come up with some harebrained scheme to help businesses gain more notoriety, make more money. So like a frozen yogurt place, he was like, let's make a poop-flavored frozen yogurt. Ew. uh... Stuff like that. But he kind of comes from this school of comedy that Sasha Baron Cohen comes from, where it's like this whole put yourself fully engulfed in a situation and just kind of to play it out, which is what Sasha Baron Cohen does. Nathan is a writer on a lot of Sasha Baron Cohen things. He has a new show now called The Rehearsal. It's on HBO. And the whole thing is, is this comedy? Is it not? The whole premise is, what if you could rehearse difficult things in your life before you live them? This one overarching thing throughout the series is this woman who wants to have kids, but is kind of scared. So they build out this whole rehearsal of her life from this kid being zero to 18. It's really hard to explain. Wow. It's really 
funny. The first episode, this one guy wants to tell someone on his trivia team very difficult news. So they build out Alligator Lounge in Brooklyn, which is where he plays trivia. Alligator Lounge was right by my old apartment in Williamsburg. Yeah, so he builds it out so that this guy can rehearse. This is interesting. It is just so good. It is so fascinating. It's funny, but it's also serious. There's also moments that are kind of touching. By the time this airs, the whole season will be out. But while we're recording this, I'm just waiting for the season finale. Once you're done with that, on HBO Max, they also have All of Nathan for You, which is all of that on a lesser budget. I want to be friends with Nathan Fielder. Just watch it. I finally got around to watching The Town, which I had never seen. The Ben Affleck Town? Yes, I had never seen it, but I had been listening to Beyond the Blinds, which is going to be another suggestion. So much to say. Beyond the Blinds, they did both a Ben and Jen deep dive, and they did a Blake Lively deep dive. If there's only one episode you listen to of this podcast, the Blake Lively one was the one that really got me. The Scientology one's really good, too. And Will and Jada's good, too. I mean, they're all good, but you should definitely start with the Blake Lively one. I've only seen The Town once, and I think it's one of those movies that's overrated. Well, I'm going to tell you I liked it because it was horrible. That's why I liked it. You know how sometimes there's a movie that's so good that it's bad or so bad that it's good? Yeah. It was so good it was bad. Her accent, her Boston accent is maybe the worst Boston accent. Horrible. And then weirdly, Ben Affleck, who's from Boston, his Boston accent is also terrible. I'm like, I'm confused by this. Hers is offensively bad. It was the start of their hardcore love affair. I don't know if love is the right word. No, love is not the right word, but that's a word I'm going to use on this episode. Find me a townie as hot as Blake Lively, though. Also find me a townie as hot as Ben Affleck. I feel like that would be easier because he's just like average guy hot. Blake Lively is gorgeous. Where have you seen that used up chick look and it looked like Blake Lively? Nowhere, but that's Hollywood, baby. That's showbiz. It was just bad casting for that purpose. She was too hot for the role. If you listen to Beyond the Blinds, you'll know how she got the part. Of course, but also she's not a good actress, which they also cover in Beyond the Blinds. That being said, she's a queen. I love her very much. Physical. I think I've talked about it. I remember saying that Rose Byrne is in it. You said you're not a big Rose Byrne fan. No, I'm not. But my friend's in it, so I'm watching it. Oh, that's right. She's her friend. Yeah, the friend. Really interesting show. It's basically all about like a 80s fitness guru and the making of her. And her ED. Yeah, her eating disorder, her husband, extramarital affairs. It's an interesting show. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's the greatest show on television, but I really enjoy it. And the costumes from the time are so good. And her hair is great. I have a group of podcasts. I feel like I should just list them all together. That's fine. I have been listening to more podcasts than shows because we don't have a whole lot of TVs in our house. And by the end of the day, I'm exhausted. Yeah. And Lee has already usually started a show that is not a show I want to watch because I'm the one that puts Luna down. And by the time I get down there, I'm like, ugh, I'm done. And when I drive, I drive a lot. So podcasts are kind of my new TV. I just want to make this clear. I love television. I love it. I'm not being my usual pretentious New Yorker or bust kind of gal. I love TV. Right now at this point in my life, and I've had other points in my life similar to this, I can't do it. So here are some of my podcasts. So first we've got Ologies. Ologies is a very quirky and nerdy kind of science podcast where they talk about different ologies. So like the study of sea turtles has a special ology name. Well, that's fun. The study of volcanic ash has one. It's all these weird deep dives with professionals. And it's got a little bit of the delicious dish feel to it that I really enjoy, which is they're like, wow, that's amazing. Have you ever hugged a sea turtle? No, but I want to. But I don't think it's a good idea. It just makes me laugh. And it's interesting in that nerdy, very specific way that I like. And 
the host is kind of quirky and interesting. Beyond the Blinds, which we have already discussed. There's just not enough episodes for me. And honestly, I am a little jealous of them. I know. I'm a little jealous of the success that they have found in such a limited time, but well-deserved because I enjoy the hell out of the show. We need to make them our friends. We're going to work on that. We're really trying to get them on the show. It's really good. X marks the spot, The Legend of Forest Fen. That is a true story of this art dealer in New Mexico who buried treasure and then sent a bunch of people on a treasure hunt to find it and it was found. And then there's a weird conspiracy about it. It's like Oak Island if they ever actually found anything. Kind of. I'm a little bit conflicted about this. So one thing is there's now two podcasts. Apple has a podcast out about it as well, this forest fen, because it was found in the middle of the pandemic, the treasure, so the treasure. So it didn't have a whole lot of press about it because everyone had COVID and was dying. It's the same thing as when my Bobby Brown campaign came out. Just like not a lot of press about it because there were more pressing things. Although I made a big deal out of it. <laughs> so the thing with this X marks the spot. The first thing I want to say is what seemed like it was going to be the season finale ended up being a thing that's like, actually, we're putting you on a treasure hunt. We are going to give $6,000 away to whoever figures out the secret messages in these episodes. Whoa. That pissed me off. Why does that piss you off? I just feel like it was clickbait. I just wanted a podcast about the thing. Okay, I can understand that. I felt duped and I was not into it. However... They think that Forrest Fenn might be D.B. Cooper. I don't know who any of these people are. D.B. Cooper hijacked a plane in the 70s and jumped out of it, a commercial plane, after all this money was delivered, that all the things that he asked for. Then he jumped out of the back of the plane and no one's ever seen him again. And no one knows what happened to the money. No one knows how a man could jump out of a commercial plane and survive. They actually think that this guy... Forrest Fenn is D.B. Cooper, and that's why this treasure, he had the money for this treasure. All of that is so fascinating. And I actually, from the research of this, I actually do think he might be D.B. Cooper. And that is amazing. So this whole story is amazing. I'm going to listen to the Apple one and see if it's better. I didn't like how they duped me at the end. Fed Up is a podcast about this New York City diet in the early 2000s and 90s. And how this woman, it was called like F-Factor Diet. It was big in the fashion industry in New York. And how this woman was taken down and all the gossip and terrible infighting. Ugh, love it. Okay. And then Against the Odds, there's like 13 seasons. It's just a show about people who survive things that they shouldn't have, like the Thai cave rescue, people stuck on top of avalanches. It's fascinating. I want to add a podcast also, and that is Electric Easy, which I have never talked about. I'm going to be honest and tell you that Matt, my husband, was the music supervisor for it. But I started to listen to it and it's actually pretty interesting. It's very much like a fictional in the style of like old radio shows pre-TV days. But it's about this time in the future where there's inequality and stuff. But instead of it being white versus black, it's humans versus robots and this budding love story. I haven't finished it, but it's really interesting. Kesha's an EP. Kesha is in it. Oh yeah, Kesha. You mean me? My daughter thought I was Kesha. God bless. I wish. Chloe Bailey? Is it Chloe or Haley? One of them is in it. One of the sisters. It's just really good. And then I have a couple more shows. I had recently told you guys about A League of Their Own that I had gotten a screener. I watched the first episode. You mean A League of Their Own? A League of Their Own. There's a bunch of episodes out on Amazon. It is such a queer story. I love it. 
I mean, it's always been a queer story. It always has. But you know, when you watch something as a little kid, and even if you are an adult and have gone back to watch it because of those preconceived notions you had as a little kid, some things just never dawn on you. You mean softball? A queer story? I know. It just never really... Well, you thought it was a French movie. Well, I did. I just thought it was a French word, the title. But I didn't realize what a queer story it was. Abby Jacobson and whoever else did this with her has done a great job. The show is so good. I'm three or four episodes in and I am super, super, super into it. So if you love the original movie and you love that there are stories where it's not just two white people falling in love and it's so well done. It still has all those fun things that A League of Their Own, the original had. And then two movies. If you haven't seen Fire Island on Hulu, it is so cute. In the same vein as A League of Their Own, it's a gay rom-com about a guy on Fire Island with his friends. And also the Chip and Dale reboot that Andy Samberg. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm telling you, it is current Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where it's like not necessarily a kid's movie. It's definitely for people who grew up watching Chippendale Rescue Rangers, as I did. That was one of my favorites. It talks about all those things, but there's a lot of adult humor in it. It's really cute, and you could still watch it with your kids. The jokes that they're not supposed to get are just going to be over their heads. But it was really cute. I enjoyed it. I got to watch it with Sebastian, and I highly recommend that. Love it. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hashtag swag bag. I love Trader Joe's, and I will often try a couple of different things from their personal care area. And they are very hit or miss. Their facial sheet masks, they're fine. I mostly just buy them for convenience and because they're $1.99 and they're there. But it's not like I stand by them. And there's very few personal care products I have tried from them that I actually think are awesome. This is one of them. It's the lemongrass coconut body oil with almond and jojoba oils. I love the idea of a body oil because I feel like my skin sucks it up really nicely. It's long-lasting moisture and I kind of get eczema in certain spots and it stops that, but I hate that gooey, lotiony, creamy feeling. So I don't like ones that don't absorb and just sit on your skin. This one absorbs so nice. You don't feel slimy. Your skin feels constantly kind of light and 
airy somehow and moisturized and supposedly bugs hate it. I didn't know it until after I bought it. I love a perfume. I wear Cuban baby perfume every day, but in the summer I don't use perfumes because I don't want to attract more mosquitoes. I'm even like really cautious with lotions and stuff. So I love that I can actually wear something that smells really good and it's not going to attract bugs. It's not a big bottle. It's 4.8 full ounces. So it's pretty small. I think it's like five or six dollars. Not bad at all. I wish it was a bigger bottle. That's all. But really good product. Amalactin. Did you do amalactin? Oh yeah, I did. I might even have one for you. You didn't like it? No, I did. For a while it was good. And then it kind of didn't do anything else for him. But I think he's also growing out of it. But I understand why an adult would like it. So I've developed, again, from perimenopause, weird, I call them chicken knees and chicken elbows. It's like weird little patches Mm -hmm. that look bizarre. Like when you see a flamingo where its knee bends is like weird looking. That's what my elbows and my knees look like now. And also I have grandma feet all the time. Me too. And so I've been putting the amalactin on my feet. They make one specially for the feet. For your calluses? Yeah. I'm telling you, you should keep yours and just use it for your feet. So they make a thicker version for your feet that I think has a higher concentrate of the lactic acid in it. But I'm just putting the one for my body also on my feet, but just putting socks on and like doubling it up with a Vaseline style thing just to keep it kind of thick. Oh, that's smart. Just to see, because I was like, I don't want to buy two products. So let me just see if I can slug my feet, but also use the amylactin. And my knees are better. I mean, it's not fixed and I haven't been using it for that long, but I have noticed that that weird scaly dinosaur skin is starting to soften up. That's good. I've been using a lot of the Jergens natural glow. That was a hashtag swag bag couple weeks ago. Yeah. Both on my body and my face because I haven't really gone to the beach that much this year. It's just been too hot. And so it's been going on smoother because those crazy dry patches, no amount of exfoliating or not getting the Jergens on there was helping it. It comes in a lot of different brands. It doesn't smell like anything, which I appreciate. There's a bunch of different kinds of brands. I just got the one like in the green container because it was at Costco and it was cheaper and I've been pro tip using it as well on my feet. Wow. That is a good pro tip. Thank you. Feet, knees, elbows. For me, it's the feet. I have very rough feet and I have not gotten a pedicure and I was going to and then this monkeypox thing happened and the last thing I want is someone using a dirty toe tool that someone who may have had monkeypox used. I have all the things for calluses, the tools, and I do it myself and I slough it off. Honestly, you just need a chemical at some point. I'd rather have lactic acid than one of those other crazy buy it from Amazon. What, like the baby foot? Yeah, I've done it. It's creepy. It hurts your foot a little bit. Oh, it does? Yeah, I had a little bit of a reaction on my foot from it. It was not horrible, but I was like, hmm, you know. Anyway, that's it. Amalactin. All right, guys. Well, we love you. Have a great week and stay safe out there. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe or follow. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all at Momtourage Podcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is a Cafe Mom podcast written and produced by Ashley Heron-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at Mama Drama Band or MamaDramaBand.com.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.